0: Blue is the color. Welcome to the FPL blues podcast. We just done and dusted game week 11 and are looking forward to some time away on international break, but Brian and I are back as always your hosts and your fearless leaders going into another game week. And as we plan and ruminate on how we can continue to earn some green arrows in the FPL game, Brian, how we doing?
1: Thank goodness bucks that we both got green arrows heading into the two week layoff without FPL. It would be a much longer break if you uh, were one of those unfortunate managers to get a red arrow but you and I both uh, had some pretty solid scores this game week so overall can't complain too much and looking forward to hopefully having all of our players stay healthy and well on their international duties.
0: Yeah. Important for all our listeners and all our fans to stay healthy equally. So for all of the important Premier League League players, we want you to be healthy. Don't go too hard in training for your national team and uh, try to avoid the, uh, the coronavirus if at all possible. So you can return fit and ready to score in a big way for our teams come game week 12, not this coming weekend, but next weekend. That time away is always really concerning. And I know I've been having to resist making some knee-jerk transfer moves. That's going to continue to be a bug in my side as it goes for (laughs) another 10-plus days. But uh, yeah, we both got green arrows, so good results. And uh, unfortunately, Chelsea didn't do the business, but our fantasy teams did.
1: Yeah, Bucks, you're going to have to kind of hold back from your tinkering on a daily basis. I know you have that temptation, but pretty soon. I mean, this is our last international break. And then we're going to have a flurry of festive fixtures coming up from basically game week 12 on Saturday, November 20th. There are going to be 10 game weeks in a 44 day stretch. So we're going to have soccer, you know, have football every four to five days. um, And that's going to be awesome. There's so many game weeks and it's going to be a time that we're going to have to rely on our benches and make sure that we are, you know, fluid with our captaincy shouts. I know we've been on Sala for some time now and might be the time to pick your spots with different captaincies coming up as well.
0: Yeah, it's time to get crazy. It's time to party if you're a football fan, that's for sure. Yeah, I know I'm ready for the festive fixtures for some holidays and to be able to enjoy hopefully a number of successful game weeks back to back to back. Back to back to back to back to back to back. So <laughs> that's yeah, right. The less time between matches is better for me because then there's less anxiety about uh, making a, a rash transfer move. Uh, you know,
1: yeah, that's right. Easier, much easier to uh, stack your transfer or roll that transfer over. So I'm hoping to do the same and we won't have too many injuries to deal with. But, Bucks, let's take a look at your team score for game week 11. I see you're on 63 points. Pretty solid score uh what were your thoughts on
0: this performance yeah so i end up with 63 points a small green arrow up to 64 KOR. so happy about that my key contributors were sala he was my captain he ends up with 10 points kai havertz ends up with eight points kai. and uh, then i had Cancelo, who was the top scorer of the game week with 14 points Trent Alexander Arnold had 12 points. And the newest addition to my team makes an instant impact. That's Aaron Ramsdale, my goalkeeper. He ends up with a huge seven FPL points. And honestly, he proved the right move because the other option who was front of mind was Robert Sanchez, the goalkeeper for Brighton. He ends up earning a red card and negative one point. So that's an eight point swing. Plus he's missing next game week. So this is just a... All around, finally, proof that I can make the right (laughs) move. (laughs) If you would have gone
1: from Raya, who got injured, to Sanchez, who then got a red card, I would have felt actually awful for you because we're trying to limit the amount of goalkeeper transfers. And uh, I think you landed on the man with the, the high upside. He's in form for this Arsenal team who find themselves in fifth or sixth place in the table right now. So they're a team in form, and he seems to be, you know orchestrating the defense back there with Ben White and picking up some bonus points along the way. So I feel like he's a good option to have. And it's also one of those things where we're never going to be able to grab a starting keeper at Arsenal who are usually a top eight side at that price tag. Right. So I just want it was a fun pick for me back on my first wild card at 4.5 and he's still a great value at
0: 4.7. If you're going to waste a transfer, better to make it one wasted transfer rather than two. That's uh that's Good counting yeah, right. and good wisdom. How'd you do, Brian?
1: Yeah, Bucks, I had a really healthy game week with a 43 green arrow. So I'm now up to 108K and uh, just outside the top Woo-hoo. 100K. So have a few players who are very much in form, such as Ramsdale, Cancelo, and Trent, all delivering points. My captain was Salah with 10. And Rafinha comes in with a cheeky nine-pointer. For his second free kick goal of the season, that was probably a pass, but goes in the back of the net, and he gets nine points. So that's a, a big play for me. And I brought in Sun for Brownhill this week. He blanks. He gets three points. But when I compare him to the likes of Vardy, which is kind of those um, where those funds went for me, I think Sun is going to have a great line of fixtures coming up under Conte and some upside coming up. So I'm really happy to own him and be ahead of the curve there. So overall, you know, also have a few holes in my team, which are Asplaquetta, Mbomo, and Tony, and this Brentford team, oof, they've been disappointing, but they have Newcastle up next, and I'm gonna have to start both these guys again and then figure out my transfers down the line. But overall, feeling uh, pretty optimistic and just happy to have a green arrow before the international break.
0: Yeah, so Brian and I both end up in the mid-60s. Brian on 65. I end up on 63, but the manager of the game week absolutely smashed it out of the park. And that goes to Kev Johnson and his side. Conte touched this. He ends up on 81 points to top the mini league scoring Ooh. for the FPL blues super league this game week. The average total in game week 11 was 42 points. So Kev going 81 basically doubles that up, which is massive. He Incredible had, score. Wow. Yeah, it was great. I looked at his team and I was like, who didn't I have? And it turns out a lot of people because he had, <laughs> he had four double digit returns. Cancelo with 14, TAA with 12, Gallagher with 11, and Sala as his captain gets 10. But then he had four other guys also contribute. He had Kai Havertz with eight, Reese James with seven, and then Livermento and his goalkeeper, differential darling Gaita, both have six. So pretty incredible performance from Kev. Great job on you, and you know it remains to be said. But for another game week in a row, the pace continues to be set by Amar and his squad, Turkish Kabak. He's been leading the FPL Blues Super League mini league since game week five when he activated his wild card. So big credit to Amar. A successful wild card is often the stuff of legends. I know I am not having that experience this season. So we're all just chasing Amar <laughs> at this point. And Kev did a major move to gain some serious ground in game week 11.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have to send some goons after uh, Amar for holding us all off from the top spot. Congrats to him. And Kev Johnson uh, was one of my close acquaintances. He uh, he's out in Australia as well. So I feel like he's in the future and he uh, picked the right team to score an 80 spot. That's very impressive. So well done by him. And we're looking forward to their continued performance as the season progresses. So I think now we're actually going to take a quick break and then we're going to jump into a quick look at the FPL Blues first chair orchestra players from game week 11 and identify who has really done the business that we weren't expecting and what are some potential watch list players moving forward. We'll be right back.
0: And we're back. As Brian mentioned, we're going to do something a little different in recapping Game Week 11. We're going to kind of steer away from looking at what happened in the fixtures. Instead, we're going to look at kind of the standout players. Uh, We're going to go through some of the differential players who really made waves in Game Week 11 before we look at the top five game week scores for game week 11. We just want to dive in. We want to start looking at some trends and things we're taking away. And by looking at some of these players, we'll also be able to get some insights into what actually happened in the matches. Brian, you want to take us away here?
1: So one of the most impressive performances was Rico Suave, AKA Rico Henry coming in with his first goal of the season for Brentford. They unfortunately lose that match to Norwich, but he gets 10 big points. He's been playing an advanced fullback position for Brentford for quite some time. I think their defense has been a little bit overstated, but he is a player that at a four point five price tag might be a value down the line. They have Newcastle next week, Everton, and then Tottenham. So a mixed bag of fixtures, I think. But given Tottenham's form, that's pretty you know pretty poor. So if you're looking to free up funds um you know he's a player that i would put in a tier underneath livermento but if you're really going cheap he's definitely something to keep an eye on it has some attacking threat in him bucks i guess just secondarily to that you know what was your assessment of brentford at home versus norwich in that match it was very disappointing i know we were both doubled up on brentford attack with their cheap assets and we were really you know expecting them to
0: turn things around but that was the exact opposite of what happened In a non-PC moment, sometimes cheap assets really are just cheap ass in disguise. So uh, that's what happened (laughs) in this game week. I think everyone, myself, you included, were all really disappointed that Brentford didn't just put Norwich to the sword. And then shocking, coming out of this match, which is the first win for a Norwich side, they end up firing their manager, Daniel Farka. So that kind of starts a bunch of heads rolling in the Premier League. And it was just an all around very bizarre match. I think if we were being generous to Brentford, they were minuscule offsides uh, to have a goal that would have really rewarded FPL managers who stayed patient with Mbomo and Tony as uh, Tony gets the assist to Mbomo, but it's offside. So it doesn't count. It basically doesn't exist in this metaverse reality. So, uh, you know, doesn't count for anything. So it was disappointing. I think my assertion of going, triple up on Brentford was uh, just I was pushing my chips in a little too early without full knowledge and I think Brentford kind of they really stormed out of the gate in a really strong way but they're falling back to reality which is that they're they're at best a mid-tier mid-tables club in the Premier League I don't think they're going to get relegated but I also don't think that they're going to be competing uh, anywhere close to European football this season
1: Yeah. It's one of those situations where you're trying to get ahead of the curve and ahead of the rest of the community and pick players that have, they had decent stats, especially both in Bomo and Tony. But I think again, when you look at like teams who get promoted into the premier league after playing in the championship and they're seeing all these teams for the first time, you know, sometimes they can surprise teams because they're not used to their play style, et cetera. But uh, in other situations, you know, they haven't had any of these matchups before and they kind of get exposed in a few points where your your analysis is that they should put up a strong shift, but uh, the exact opposite happens. So, again, I think something for us to take away going into next season is to not, you know, rush too much to
0: double up on those promoted teams and not fall into that trap. Yeah, for sure. And, I think this was an interesting match because these two teams have a lot of history. They were top two finishers in the championship last season. And it's just two teams that are, are both right now in a bad place. And so I think I'm more optimistic that Brentford are going to have a season more in the Premier League than Norwich, who seem like they're you know adrift of the rest of the pack. But uh, listen, a win for is sure. a win. And it, it was a good result for Norwich. They were definitely the better side.
1: Yeah, to win win away as well as for their first win of the season was very impressive, and I'm sure that's going to lift their spirits going into international break. So let's talk about three of the other kings of the game week in the midfield bucks, and we got some cheap assets here in Pablo Fornals at 6.0, Gallagher at 5.8, and Trossard at 6.4. Each of these players scored a goal in this game week and really are some potential differentials moving forward. So who do you want to cover first here?
0: Let's talk about Gallagher. He's been, I think, the standout in that bunch. So Gallagher ends up with 11 points from a goal, three bonus points, and a clean sheet. He's sub 6 million in the FPL game. He's 5.8 million right now, and he's continuing to deliver both in real life. He's passing the eye test, but he's also delivering in FPL in a major outsized way. He's the fifth highest scoring player in the fantasy premier league game right now. And to give context to that, he's actually the second highest scoring midfield player. So He's not only getting double-digit hauls, but he's also regularly just trickling in FPL points, which is incredible. I mean, normally players under, I would say, 8 million aren't expected to be regular contributors. And he's probably a player that a number of FPL managers have been placing on their bench a bunch of of match weeks. But I think going forward, Gallagher is almost a must-start. I know that if I had my wild card, he would be one of the first names in it at this point in the season.
1: Yeah, it's interesting for both of us. Obviously, we talked quite a bit, so we both went with Mbomo playing out of position up top, and we missed a big hauls from Emil Smith-Rowe and also Gallagher, who would have been available to us at that price tag. So, you know, one, one that got away from us, but going forward, you know, Crystal Palace has some great fixtures. Um, just taking a look, they have Burnley, Villa, Leeds, coming up in the next three and just even longer term their fixtures look great so he might be a player that you can heavily rely on to either start or be in your first bench slot so i really like the look of him and his work rate obviously you know he's a chelsea academy lad so we love that and you know the stats are backing it it up as well so we have to uh keep our eyes there and i think when uh millie millie va vh how do you ever however you say his name millie there it is yeah Milivojevic yeah I was like trying to read it and then I was like no I actually just know this name I know how to say it without reading it <laughs> so that that, that was a uh, not sunk up there but um yeah he plays on a lot more set pieces when Millie is not on the field so I'm I'm interested to see how these lineups from Vieira continue to develop and obviously they just look like a very attacking side that can score two goals in any fixture and you love that in a mid-table team
0: Yeah. And they, they looked strong in game week 11. I think Patrick Vieira has done, he's probably the manager of the season thus far. Yeah. Um, Good job. They had really low expectations. I think a lot of people who are diehard fans of the premier league and FPL players were probably rating crystal palace as one of the teams at risk for relegation. They bring in a new coach. They don't really make, uh, you know, they don't bring back a lot of, first team players from last season. And yet week after week, they seem to be a really tough matchup for even the top sides. I mean, they beat Man City. They get a result this game week. So Connor Gallagher, not one to sleep on at this point. He's 11 game weeks in. Again, he's he's proving that he can score week in, week out. And so, yeah, he's one that absolutely needs to be top of your watch list.
1: All right, moving on. Let's talk about Pablo Fornals, who scored a goal in the very incredible match for the end of the game week between Liverpool and West Ham United and West Ham are just they're the real deal they have such a solid squad they have depth as well so that'll help them through European football this year and it was just a very impressive showing to really take it to a Liverpool team who has been in form and I believe that was their first time dropping points this season as well or their first loss on the season. excuse me so yeah, first loss. So they leapfrog Liverpool in the standings and are tied with Manchester City in the table. So very impressive start for them. And, uh, you know, as a Antonio owner, I was like, can't I get one cheeky assist? Seven goals in the last two games and not a single return for Antonio. That's that's tough. But the rest of his team is performing really well. You look at Fournals at 6.0. He's been trickling in goals. And he really has a good link up between him and um, the likes of Bowen. I think that's another player that we should really keep our eyes on. Because when I'm taking a look at the stats here, Bowen has, in the last six game weeks, has an expected goal involvement of 4.5. And so he's been trickling in the points and is on some corners. So I think between Pablo Fernales and Bowen, I would much rather have Bowen. Uh, so somebody to keep in mind, his price tag is 6.3 million. So just a couple uh, shekels more expensive, but overall, you just have a lot of faith that West Ham is going to put in a good shift every single match and they can go toe to toe with anybody. So I'm really keen to see how they play coming up because they have obviously some tough fixtures. Um, they're they're actually second last in the uh, next six game weeks for their rating versus top side. So they're going to play. Wolves this upcoming game week in 12, but then they have Manchester City, Brighton and Chelsea after that. So very tough. So it'll be interesting to see if they can continue and maybe, you know, pull out a win against City or Chelsea, which would really be impressive uh, given this this tough stretch.
0: Yeah, they're, they're definitely the standout team in the top five right now. They're currently in third place, uh, tied on points with Manchester City. So pretty incredible what they're third place, yeah, yeah. yeah what they're putting together, um, I think it, what's really impressive is that they're getting contributions across the midfield and from Antonio. So if Antonio's not scoring, then he's being picked up by his teammates. Whether it's Ben Rama, who came out of the gate in the early season really, really strong, and now Bowen and Fornals are also really making a statement. I mean, Fornals had a magisterial game. He had a goal, an assist. That's two bonus. And he was really integral to helping West Ham get those massive three points versus Liverpool. I know I've been kind of scared off uh, bringing Antonio back in because of such tough fixtures. But if West Ham continue to score at this rate, then kind of no fixture is worth benching a West Ham player at this point. So if you have Antonio, even if he's playing Chelsea, even if he's playing City, doesn't matter. You should be starting him because West Ham are hanging goals on everyone.
1: Yeah. Gotta give tons of credit to Moyes. It's just incredible to take a look at this team and some, you know, less sexy names, but match to match, I really just believe in their build-up, their their defensive midfielders. Obviously, Suchek is doing really well, Declan Rice. You know, when you compare this West Ham team to a team like Manchester United, I'm just much more confident in West Ham. And that's not something that you typically say in a Premier League season. Right. But given their their kind of cohesity and the way that they're playing right now, I just um, you know expect them to get results. Whereas United, I just see them being so up and down. And uh, it's just interesting to see those two teams kind of swap positions in the top four.
0: Yeah, maybe United should bring Moyes back in for uh, Ole. All right, <laughs> next one is uh, Trossard. We wanted to touch on him before we bounce to some of the other top scorers. He delivers an attacking return again for Brighton, and this Brighton team have been in mixed form recently but trossard is a man on fire so i think uh leandro is a definitely a differential darling right now he's 6.4 million but he's been banging in pretty much a goal a game for the last what is it three game weeks so pretty impressive showing from uh the midfielder and he's definitely a differential so he's one that we did want to throw out there uh, another name that we've been giving a lot of shine to has been, as Brian mentioned earlier, Smith Rowe, who also looks really strong, and Max Cornett on Burnley. But uh, Cornet had a really quiet game against Chelsea, as, as we warned FPL managers he might. And Smith Rowe, you know, Arsenal continue to to win matches but they're not lighting the world on fire from a scoring perspective so it's just uh you know these mid-price midfielders you got to get in at the right time and make sure to get off and get to the next guy at the right time and that's proof in the pudding with mbomo you know brian and i both jumped on for this norwich fixture he kind of uh you know the, he got stuck in the mud for sure on that one and now we're like who do we jump to next while all these other guys are are price rising around it.
1: Yeah. One of our good buddies, Eamon, he's really been tooting his horn for uh, Trossard, who, you know, looking at some of the stats as well over the last six games, he has 20 shots uh, on goal and compared to Smith Rowe, who only has nine shots. So, very interesting to see how involved he is in the attack for Brighton and he took the pen in this last game converted it very confidently so that might be another thing that's now in his locker. Uh, with Mapai I believe, was not on the pitch or was benched in that game so uh Trotsard might be you know the man. Um, the talisman there at Brighton and he's been doing quite well, I think we always think of Brighton as a defensive. Um, you know, team for FPL assets. And obviously, you and I both own Duffy and, you know, respect that. But it uh, would be interesting to take a punt on a potential uh, midfielder who can score goals in the Brighton side. So, overall, uh, just one other player we wanted to shout out, which was Adam Armstrong. So, right now we got this carousel of striking options at Southampton, and we're trying to nail down, you know, who's going to be the best value. Armstrong is 5.9 million. He gets a goal in his last game and he's a player that we're just trying to figure out if it's che adams is it armstrong or is it Broja? and if one of those players could really just solidify themselves in the next four game weeks i would definitely take a punt on one of them because one of the problems we have is that all these strikers they, they aren't producing right so why should i invest big time money into the top strikers when they're getting two points each game right so i'd rather potentially take a punt on one of these lower price lads. And, uh, you know, Adam Armstrong now has three returns in his last two games.
0: Yeah. Good shout. Uh, Kane had zero shots on goal. I know Ronaldo pretty much Ugh. did nothing in that city match. So it's uh, worth noting that the top tier strikers right now, Vardy and above have failed to score in this game week for sure. And then they've been really spotty the last few. So it might be worth reinvesting and and really ignoring the premium striker until we see that either Kane or Ronaldo or even Jamie Vardy or Lukaku can do it on a regular basis. Before we get out of here, Brian, I do want to just highlight three other players who stood out this match week, and those were all in defense. First is Jao Cancelo. He was the man of the game week and we both had him. So we love to see that. And as well as Trent Alexander. Oh, also on both Bucks, of our on, teams.
1: Bucks on the Jow front, Mr. Cancelo, he gets three assists during Champions League midweek. And you're like, oh, there's no way save them. Pep save can, them. Yeah, I know. There's like there's no way Pep can rotate him, right? Like it's it's versus it's a Derby versus Manchester United. Surely he's got to play. And he comes through in a big way. And I f- really feel for some of the managers who might have benched Cancelo in this game week but given the form of manchester united and historically how dominant city's defense is you gotta start your studs and you gotta start somebody like Cancelo. and when we're looking across this season the wingbacks and fullbacks are getting all the points really like i wish i could play 10 fullbacks instead of playing any of these (laughs) crappy strikers right like i think that's uh that's definitely something that i would like to do but uh some huge value and um, the free kick from Trent is another reason why he can score points out of nothing at any time in any given match week. So he's a player. He's already 7.7 7 million. He will continue to rise across the season and uh, to get max bonus when you conceded three goals and got a yellow card is actually pretty incredible. And so you lose 12 points from loses. Trent.
0: Yeah, that yeah. was those two results were crazy. I think Zhao has 14 points, but he doesn't get a goal. So those two assists, as Brian mentioned, he has five assists in the last two games he's played. He hasn't been rotated. So I think fearful, if you don't have him, maybe you stay away for another game week or two because he is going to be rested at some point during that festive fixture. But when he plays, he's just automatic. So I think he's, if you don't have him, he's the one to rush to get. And I would even swap out Dias to get him. Uh, I just think he is such a higher ceiling.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, Bucks, looking at some of the sideways moves that folks have been making in the, their back lines, going from, you know, somebody like Diaz to Cancelo or going somebody like even Rudiger to James or Rudiger to Chilwell, the the fullbacks are just getting all the points. And with the 15-point ceiling, you got to take that punt. I think it's it's worth the transfer if you're going to hold on to them long term. And one of my top transfer targets this game week is is James. And even though he probably will be rotated or play maybe three out of four games, he just looks absolutely incredible and he's yeah. doing everything for Chelsea. So I wish I could have more
0: defenders in my back line. I rate that. Right now, uh, before we get to the last player that we want to shout out, which is Ben Foster, I just want to note the top five scores in the FPL game are Mo Salah, who's by far and away number one, Jao Cancelo is number two, Trent Alexander-Arnold is number three, Reese James is number four. And then as we mentioned earlier, Connor Gallagher is number five. So wow. Defense. Yeah. Specifically the fullbacks are really hauling this season and they're, they're undervalued across the board. I think uh, Trent Jow and Reese James, probably all all slightly too cheap uh, considering what we've seen thus far.
1: Yeah. It's crazy when you think, you know, in that price tag, you know, we have Mbumo or Tony and instead we could have James in our side. Oh, that, that one hurts, especially since we support Chelsea, but uh, some some value to be had in the back and then plus like Livermento is so hot. I think if you have these fullbacks that could get rotated, um, having a deep bench and if you have like Ben White and Livermento as your fourth and fifth defenders, you're sitting pretty. So I think you can be a little bit more risky in choosing those fullbacks on your team.
0: Yeah, great point. All right. Speaking of cheap, we just want to talk about the cheapest of cheap, which is Ben Foster. He's a 4.0 budget goalkeeper and the legend. He, yeah, that is an understatement. He really came through. I know a lot of FPL managers, like myself, moved off keepers that were either injured or had really tough fixtures because we didn't want to start. Ben Foster. And man, he punished us. He has 11 points. He's the top goalkeeper scorer in this match. He ends up with a penalty kick save, which is five points, five saves, and three bonus for Watford in a game that they lose 1-0, which is mind-boggling. But uh, yeah, very impressive from Ben Foster. And I think this is a way of saying that this is kudos to Ben Foster, but also this is a major uh slight on Pierre emerick Obama Yang, who absolutely should not be taking penalty ups. kicks ever again. Horrible. Uh, pretty much directly. Awful yeah, pretty much directly into Ben Foster. Uh, made his life much easier than it should have been on the penalty kick. But uh, if you're an FPL manager and you started Ben Foster, if you kept the faith with your budget goalkeeper, you were rewarded in a big way with 11 points. And that could be the difference between, you know, a small green hour, like the one I had and going up 50,000 places uh, in the game, like Brian experienced. So uh, credit to Ben Foster, the cycling goalkeeper, he's been playing well, and I think he's doing the business. He's definitely locked up that spot in the Watford goal, um, from Bachman, who had an amazing Euro. So impressive from him.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially since he's 38 years old, I think he was became like the oldest player to save a penalty kick in the last yep. 25 years. And uh, not to mention, he's just a top lad. He plays FPL, so you love that about him. He was, uh, did a really great interview before the season with uh, Andy from Let's Talk FPL, uh, his YouTube channel. That was really fun. And he's he's a good follow on Instagram. So make sure to give Ben Foster uh, some love there, obviously on a crappy team. But if you have not wildcarded, which obviously there are still managers out there who haven't, he's got to be your automatic backup keeper, um, just somebody that you can. Save some money and and distribute that elsewhere in your team while still having a quality uh, keeper who could, you know, he could come in for three or four points and get some saves. Uh, You're not expecting 11 point totals very often, but he is serviceable and that's what you want in a 4.0 goalkeeper.
0: Yeah. And speaking of good follows on Instagram, follow. FPL blues podcast on all social media. That's our handle at FPL blues podcast. We're on Instagram. We're getting more active on Twitter, especially we're going to focus on that over the international break. And like Brian and I said at the start, we're trying something different. We want to make the podcast a little shorter, a little more digestible for you, the listener. So you can get in, get some knowledge and get out to tinker and make your FPL team as good as it can be uh, in advance of the transfer window. So, with that, we're going to sign off. We'll be back next week with a preview looking ahead to game week 12, as well as some of the upcoming fixtures in the festival pileup. Uh, with that, again, give us a follow at FPL Blues Podcast. Email us with any questions. We're at FPLBluesPodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and love to have some listener engagement. And yeah, big green arrows. Everyone rest up, recover. We got a lot of fixtures ahead in the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, like you said, Bucks, make sure to hold those transfer lines. Do not make any before we have more team news from the international break and international duty. There will be people who pick up knocks and you know Pogba has already picked up an injury. So make sure to hold those transfers and we'll update you on all the news and happenings next week. So we look forward to chatting with you then. Thanks, Bucks.